What's up, everybody, and welcome to Decision Time. I'm Misha, and I speak with product and business leaders about their unique approach to decision-making. Each episode features a new leader where we discuss a recent product launch, we'll learn about their business, the unknowns leading up to the launch, and how they manage their time to ensure success. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Very excited for another guest in the pod. Alex Kluge from Hewlett Packard. Alex, welcome. Hi, good to be here. So usually the way we kick things off is through a little bit of introductions. Hewlett Packard, obviously not a stranger to anyone, I hope. But can you start off by telling us a little bit about your team and your remit, and then we'll get going from there on on. Yeah, absolutely. So I lead the product management team um, focused on developing AI and data science solutions um, within our uh, advanced compute and solutions organization um, at HP. Uh, so um, pretty pretty exciting space to be in right now. Uh, a lot happening, a lot of change, um, which makes, I think, you know, as a being a product leader within the organization, um, a lot of fun, uh, but, but, but really challenging as well uh, as uh, just the whole market is constantly uh, reacting and HP is trying to figure out how we should be positioning ourselves within that market, what our portfolio should be. And, uh, you know, what we should be really focused on. Yeah. Okay. Topic of the hour, AI. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very excited. Let's kick things off. Pick a feature, something you're either working on now to the extent you can talk about it. Sure. Something you've worked on before. And maybe describe it to us. And then tell me, how did you decide to build that particular thing? I am sure you have a long queue. And as you said, there's lots happening with respect to AI. So what's the decision-making process like to say, okay, this is the thing that we want to focus on and spend our time on? Yeah. Uh, so maybe I won't focus on a feature as much as a new product that we just recently announced at our HP Imagine event earlier in October. Um, it's our new AI studio. Um, so it's a software platform targeting data science teams who are trying to develop either you know, data science models or AI models, um, specifically working within what we consider hybrid environments. So not just in the cloud, um, but also on-premise. And uh, I think it's a pretty interesting product to be working on. Number one, I think as most people who listen to this might think like Hewitt Packard, like what do they do? They make printers and uh, PCs. Um, so, you know, being in a product group focused on developing software um, at HP, specifically like commercial software, um, not just, you know, working on driver updates or BIOS, um, but something that we are actually intending to commercialize into the market um, is, is pretty, pretty cool, but uh, pretty challenging as well. And I think part of that challenge has to do with, um, you know, going back to like, what are HP's core capabilities? And when you're going into a new space, um, so not just the data science and AI space, but also from a product perspective into the software space, how are you leveraging the, the capabilities that you have as an organization? Um, so you, you can be successful. Right. And so for us, when we were developing this product, one of the reasons we chose to do it was because we saw it as an opportunity to um, provide a software platform that we believe there's a lot, you know, a strong desire from the marketplace to, to have, but connects back to our hardware. We think that it's going to increase the usage of our hardware to make it easier for these data science teams to develop these type of models, these AI models that are very popular across, the, across all industries right now. Um, using HP workstations. And so we'll see a positive benefit to our hardware side while also giving us an opportunity to create a new business on the software side, which is which is pretty pretty cool to be a part of. Okay, so uh, the audience are data scientists. Elaborate a, a little bit more on what the product enables them to do. 
Yeah, so I think there's a lot of data science tools today that exist within cloud environments. When you talk to most data science teams, they are working in the cloud. HP, if you're familiar with our overall portfolio, we, we don't really have any um, you know cloud products or servers, right? In fact, HP, not so long, a couple of years ago, split into HP uh, Incorporated, HP Inc., uh, and HP Enterprises. And so the HP Enterprises business, which is not part of us, um, I, I People constantly get confused and, and will send, hey, yeah, did the deal with HPE the other day. I'm like, please don't tell me. I'm not, I don't work for that company. Um, but they took the server side, basically, of the business. Um, and we we kept kind of the workstation, which is high performance um, PCs and, and below. And so um, really, when we looked at the market and, and we saw users and, and we took a customer centric approach, um, we found that users were interested in buying our hardware to use for data science and analytics. And this was, this was several years ago. Um, we're like, okay, well, this is interesting. This is an emerging segment that we hadn't really seen before. Um, you know, a lot of our focus has been on uh, maybe more traditional, uh, you know, work streams like um, media and entertainment or um, engineering architecture for high performance compute, really graphics driven. And so we found these data science teams kind of starting to use it. Um, and, and as we talked to them about their experiences, um, we started to learn more and more about like, hey, some of the challenges they had. Um, and a lot of it had to do with getting their their images up and running and their environments up and running on our machines, which is a lot easier in the cloud where you have containerization, um, but a lot harder to, to operate specifically on things like Windows, which isn't just designed for that. And so something that we're doing with our AI studio is providing that containerization layer to make it easy to bring in images um, into your your you know local environment to your workstations. Um, and also to share those images across team members. So if, you know, again, targeting data science teams, it's not just about an individual and their workflow, but how can they work uh, collaboratively together with, with other members of their team? Um, and so we've developed, you know, some secret sauce behind that to uh, enable it and make it a lot better than um, the experience. So if you're not able to only work in the cloud, we think we become kind of the, the best experience and solution for you. Got it. Okay. So build software that enables sales of hardware. I've heard that before in Mixed yeah. Portfolio. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, ensure you're focused on selling to data scientists, specifically specifically enabling data scientists to work together in a team. Yeah, exactly. So let's dive in a little bit deeper. There must be many things that, that fall under the umbrella of it can help you sell hardware and it helps data scientists and it facilitates collaboration many features must have sort of fallen into that category. Is there anything that you think about further beyond those major buckets that help you, you know, separate one from another and say, okay, this is the thing? Um, yeah, I, you know, so like I said, I think, I think the connection back to the core business is always important because I think if you go too far outside of, of what you, you know, your, your bread and butter is, you, you start getting to a point where when I'm investing money into that activity, I'm, ma I'm making a choice point where there's no synergy there, right? So instead of spending $100 that helps my entire portfolio, I'm spending $100 or I'm splitting $100 into $50 that helps this side of the business and $50 that helps this other side of the business. And I think, you know, even at large corporations like HP, um, you know, where, you know, in theory, there's, there's you know, seemingly infinite resources. Um, it's not true. Right, we we have a limited number of headcount. We have a limited budget, and so it is really important that when we're kind of spending that money on um, those resources, spending our time and bandwidth, that we're doing it in a way that we think is going to be the most um, beneficial to the entire business. Um, and, and you know, so I think that's one of the big trade-offs. And again, 
I especially feel that being on the software side in a traditionally hardware business, right? Where I think a lot of people within the organization might say, why are we doing anything with software when we could be investing in developing a, a new you know, version, a new platform for, for our hardware business? Um, and so I think from you know, looking at it in that era standpoint, um, it goes to, I think, an overall shift in the marketplace that we're seeing where, um, especially within compute, you see a lot of commoditization that happens and consumers moving away from that. You know, I think traditionally, when you think about the sales perspective of, of like hardware, a lot of speeds and feeds, I know as a consumer, when I'm shopping, I compare like how much storage, how much RAM, what's the GPU, what's the cost? Um, and you see a lot of like for like, and uh, as an organization, you know, to kind of maybe get more of that differentiation that we've maybe lost, we see the software side as being an opportunity to do that, to develop a holistic solution that is inclusive of, of both the hardware and software. Um, and, all, you know, so in addition to the benefits of developing a software business where margins are good, you know, theoretically good, um, there's, it's a new growth, growth opportunity, um, but also helping us differentiate on the hardware side. And in, in particular, in areas of like, you know, there's a lot of ways we could approach targeting this, this segment, um, data scientists. Um, I think, again, it's understanding really clearly, one, what problems our users are having and not just any users, right? Because you, you, can, you can survey the marketplace of data scientists. And I think a lot of them would say like, oh, yeah, well, collaboration is not a problem because I collaborate in the cloud. That's not a, that's not a problem for me. But understanding that within that group, there's segmentations. And for us being very specific on, okay, well, we're not trying to solve any data scientist problem or any team's problem. We're specifically trying to solve a team's problem that are constrained within a certain environment um, that we see more and more of. Um, and especially, you know, and this is the great thing about the proliferation of AI is, you know, all of a sudden this use case, which had kind of been maybe a little bit more niche across a lot of industries um, is like, Every CEO is saying, like, what is your AI and data science strategy for your organization? Um, and that's conflicting with a lot of organizations like manufacturers, especially people who work in government spaces where they can't just push everything up into the cloud. And so that creates a huge opportunity for us as HP to step in and fill the void, um, which is pretty, pretty beneficial for both sides of the business. Okay, so there's a clear rubric here and you manage a team. How do you ensure that what you just described to me uh, I don't know exactly how big that team is, but every person on that team thinks about it the same way. And so that when they bring you ideas, they've thought it through in the same manner that you just described to me. Yeah, yeah, it, it's tough. And it, I would say it's not even, you know, just getting my my team, the people who report to me, um, you know, aligned to that kind of vision. It's also ensuring that my my managers, and my leadership team is aligned to that vision and the, the rest of the organization you know, what we're doing on the hard side, hardware side is synergistic to what we're doing on the software side. Um, and I think it, it starts with having a clear vision uh, or, you know, ambition of what you're trying to accomplish, right? So like, what is the, what is the main goal that you're trying to get there? Um, and I think, you know, to, to, to maybe take a step back on that though, um, when you set that vision, I, I don't think it's set the vision, put the blinders on and, and do whatever it takes to, to get there, ignoring all the, you know, learnings you can take along the way. I think it's about setting the vision or expectations. Like we believe that in three years, you know, HP should, should, should be this, this thing. And then what are the first two or three steps we need to take in order to get there? And once you take those one or two, three steps, it's about under like saying, Hey, like 
how, what have we learned? Do we still think that vision is correct? Or maybe there's something about you know what we've done in the last year, for instance, or last feature that we released that says, huh, maybe we were wrong about that longer term that we need to slightly pivot. Um, and I think maybe too often teams get focused on this grand big vision of the future um, and they don't take those incremental steps to learn. Uh, and so I think that helps too with alignment because within my team, what we can do, especially when we're talking to engineering, uh, is we can say, you know, when we're scoping the work that needs to be done within a specific sprint or, or product increment, um, it's, you know, crafting again where we want to go. So we're ensuring that what we're building um, is compatible to that long-term vision, but also how can we shape it in a way that is small enough that I can I can get it within a, a, a decent time period, that I can get it into the hands of customers, then I can learn is this the right path that we're taking? And then I can adjust accordingly, if that makes sense. And by taking this kind of iterative approach, it, it does add complications because it does suggest a little bit of fluidity in, in what kind of that long-term vision should be um, because you are adjusting. Um, but it makes sure that, you know, if there is any divergence and understanding of what you're trying to accomplish, I mean, the risk is fairly small, right? If I'm planning for a, you know, a six week uh, increment cycle, and I have some misalignment with my team. I, I'll, I'll learn, you know, when I when I get the result of that six week increment. Oh, hey, like here's here's the here's the difference, and like we can adjust. It's not that big. But if I plan this this big increment that's maybe a year long, at the end of that year, if I learn like, oh, hey, we were divergent on vision, and this solution that you've developed is completely different than than what we were intending. That's a lot of investment that was lost in that time. Um, so I think right-sizing the work and taking those incremental steps is a good way to ensure the alignment after you've defined that longer-term vision that, again, you know, especially in, in the space that we're in with data science and AI, it, it's changing so rapidly that, you know, I, I used to joke, you know, we used to do like five-year roadmaps. Now we're, I think, down to three-year roadmaps at, at best. Uh, and even then it's like, all right, let's be real, like in year three, how 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 certain we are that any of that's going to be accurate because the, the dynamics of the market are changing so quickly. And do you use anything to sort of keep track of this? What I'm trying to get to is, let's say you do something over the course of six weeks. Yeah. At the end of the six weeks, does that get recorded somewhere? Do you have some sort of system of record? Sure. Yeah. So yeah. So we, we have a couple different tools and, and this is a space that we're always trying to get better, right? I, you know, if I, if I could invest more time in this and actually, you know, it's probably one of the areas I am investing the most time right now is like, how can we get better in the planning process um, and in understanding what we need to accomplish and when, and, and what that looks like. Um, there's a couple different tools we use. Our engineering team uses, um, you know, Azure uh, DevOps, or ADO um, for planning out like, you know, specific you know, user stories and tasks. Um, my team, um, we, we use AHA, or we're, we're starting to use AHA, which is a, specifically a, a, a software designed for product management teams. Um, so from there, I can have a better long-term understanding of the roadmap, different product initiatives that um, I can link together and kind of plan out. And then it has an integration with, with ADO. So I'm able to push that back uh, to the engineering team who prefers, you know, with, at least within our organization to work in that environment. Um, and then what, we, what we're trying to do, at least on through the development cycle is, um, again, when we're, we're planning out um, features that we're developing, um, one of the key things that maybe is different is we try to plan the feature to what we consider our appetite to be. Like, how much time do we want to invest in getting this outcome, right? And so instead of saying like, hey, I need this feature, no matter how long it takes, we say, hey, 
I knew this outcome, this problem that customer has, and I have the potential solution. I'm willing to invest, you know, like, like we said, six weeks in, in, in getting to a solution and scoping the work to those six weeks. And then what's really important is that we're measuring that, you know, if we said it was going to take six weeks or two weeks, so one sprint, three sprints, that at the end of that sprint, we say, we're, did, we, did, we, did we hit it? What we said we were going to deliver? If not, why not? Right? Was it a planning problem? Did we not understand the problem well enough? Did we not understand the solution well enough? Um, so ultimately, we can you know decrease the variability of what we're delivering within each increment. Because the, the biggest challenge that we have had in the past is kind of having large, you know, again, scoping large efforts of you know with ambiguous timelines of when they're going to be delivered. And, and so as you're trying to, you know, from a product standpoint, you know, it's not just working with the engineering team, but working with the marketing teams, legal, um, our sales force and saying like when these things are going to be delivered, the worst thing you can do is three months before you're about to uh, ship a product to be like, oh yeah, like turns out we're going to be, you know, six, eight, 12 weeks delayed because we didn't understand well enough what we were building um, and found out through the development in the development process that in fact, we need to do all this incremental work. And so you know, that just causes chaos across the organization. Um, but yeah, like ideally, would there be like a centralized tool? We, we talked about that as well, um, what we could use. And uh, I mean, part of the challenges of being in a larger organization is, you know, there's legacy tools that teams use. Um, there's, you know, certain tools that you're allowed to use based on, you know, their approved supplier to get them up and up and running can be difficult. Um, but yeah, AHA, IDEO. Um, are some of the, the tools that, you know, specifically within the development process we use to manage that type of thing. You started to talk about something that bridges to the next question. You, yeah. Time allocation. So I'm curious as a product leader, how would you characterize where you get pulled in a given week? I, I, I recently tracked this. I could probably pull up my uh, Excel document where I measured like meeting by meeting, activity by activity, where, where was my time going? Um, because it's all, again, like, Going back to what we talked about earlier, you you know even individually your resources are, are constrained. So like the more you spread your focus, the harder it is to you know at least execute and differentiate in specific areas. Um, unfortunately for us, um, you know in, in product, I think a lot of organizations has a reputation of like being the you know quote unquote CEO, um, being the manager across all these functional. So a lot of teams come to us for for kind of the answers. Um, which I think in, you know, a lot of different philosophies and we're trying to kind of advance this as well, um, being able to allocate those resources better, understanding like, hey, you know, where does product exceed and where we're kind of some of the limits of the, the capabilities of the role. Um, but yeah, I mean, we spend a lot of time, unfortunately, doing a lot of like uh, business ops support. So again, being a software product, one of the first software products in a hardware company, right? Like going through the motions of like, okay, how do we sell this product? Um, so how do we set up the SKUs correctly? What's the sales force? How are they going to interact with it? How, what's the trading structure look like? Um, you know, even this, the go-to-market piece, um, the fact that we're trying to be a little bit more product-led than traditionally sales-led in, in our approach, um, you know, to be just like what a lot of it, you know, just, you know, pure SaaS companies do um, to be a little bit more competitive and matching on that. HP doesn't have those supporting backend systems in place. Um, and so we're kind of pioneering that front. Uh, which is again, you know, very cool and uh, from an opportunity standpoint that like, hey, yeah, we're driving the organization forward. But unfortunately, in terms of a, a development standpoint, makes it really hard because we're splitting our focus between developing the product and then developing the kind of the, the supporting backend infrastructure and systems that maybe a lot of organizations hopefully uh, don't need to do because they're already in place. And, and the only you know benefit of it is like once we help it get in place, all the products that are coming afterwards 
hopefully uh, become so much easier because we kind of mapped it out, uh, charted what the workflows are, how, how something flows through the system, and they can just follow what the blueprint we've done. Um, so within my team, um, you know, something that, you know, me as a manager has done for my specific product, um, product managers on my team is I'll say, hey, look, like, the most important thing is that we get the product right and we can figure out the go-to-market stuff. We can figure out the, the Salesforce stuff um, later on, but we need to make sure that we're getting the product right um, and the engineering resources that we're spending those effectively. So what I can do is I can take over at least some of these workflows and, you know, and take it off your hands so you can dedicate, especially when we're doing planning, that like that's the number one priority um, and, and provide cover for the team to say like, you know, I know people like to come to us for, for answers, but this week I'm just not available. Uh, and uh, I have to be with with the engineering teams for for scoping out what they're going to be working on. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough job. We get pulled in so many different directions. Yeah. And you're the first person I met that said you're actually tracking it, which is really interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, uh, you know, and I think, you know, one of the challenges of working, you know, in the post pandemic era, which, you know, good and bad, like I'm in my house right now, uh, you know, we're, we're having a, a nice, um, you know, Zoom ass call. Um, but, uh, yeah, zoom meetings, a lot of zoom meetings, uh, that you have if you're working remote and, um, it's, it becomes really easy to, to just go back to back to back to back, um, where I think, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about, about how do we become more efficient as an organization in terms, again, of, of spending time that every meeting should have decisions made, uh, uh you know, that are measurable towards achieving our goals. It, it, it can't just be like a talk session. Ex with the exception, obviously, of if you're doing literal workshops where the whole point is to have that kind of collaboration interaction. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, I, I don't even know if I want to share like what my actual results are with the number of meetings uh, I have to attend, um, but it's a lot. It's a lot. And unfortunately for, for teams that can, it, it can lead to early, a lot of burnout because ultimately like when can you find time to do stuff? It's at the end of the day in the evenings uh, on the weekends. It's like, well, that's, that's when you need to, you know, kind of step back, refresh. And if you're burnt out, you can't come up with, you know, new ideas, you, you get less engaged in, in what you're developing and ultimately you make worse decisions. Um, so going back to like maybe the theme of the podcast, like how do you make good decisions? You understand what's important. Um, and that, that applies to your product. Um, that also applies to, you know, your, your life in general, like what's important uh, and when, um, because if you can't prioritize correctly in your life, you're not going to be able to prioritize well, I think, in your work. I like it. Good lesson, uh, professionally <laughs> and personally. Yeah. Yeah. So before we jump off, Alex, anything you want to plug for the team or the organization that folks listening might want to know about? Uh, sure. I mean, we talked a little bit about uh, our Z by HP AI Studio, um, our software product that we're developing for data science teams. Um, like, we, like I mentioned, we publicly announced it, uh, I think it was October 5th at our HP Imagine event. Um, go visit the site. Uh, we have a landing page. We have a wait list. We're about to enter our early access period. Um, if you're a data scientist or just want to you know, try out the product, uh, please sign up for our wait list. Uh, we want customer feedback. I want to hear what people think, what you, what you think we're doing well, what we're doing poorly. Um, and the only way we can get that is if we have people sign up. So uh, yeah, I encourage everyone to visit. Uh, so I, I wish I had a, a URL, but I think if you type in Z by HP AI Studio, you should, you should find it on the top Google result. Alex, thank you so much for joining. Really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. If you're a product leader and want to be featured on my podcast, send me an email. It's Misha at onchassis.com. You can also find the address in the pod description. All right. Till next time.